G'day everyone, this is Rita Joyant and welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. You know, I've, on this podcast, I've had a lot of people who have created things like the shoe that grows and started charities that have gone through many different countries. I mean, these have been big, vast things. My guest today represents the passionate people who have a really straightforward, beautiful, simple passion. And they just want to know how to monetize that. And so my guest today, Matthew Harding, is a musician, a performer, and a passionate saxophone player. Based in Melbourne, Australia, Matthew has performed all over the world. And here's where the simplicity comes in, guys. He teaches beginners of all ages how to, le to learn to play the saxophone without reading music quickly and easily with his saxophone online membership site, howtoplaythesax.com. And so with that simplicity, with that straightforwardness, it's what gives me very excited to have someone like Matthew on the podcast. Welcome to you, Matthew. Thank you, Rita. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And, I, and the reason why I really wanted you, someone like yourself on this podcast, is because of the simplicity of what you do. That you can take something as simple as the love of playing an instrument and be able to turn that into a profession. So I want to go deep into that for those of us who are listening right now and thinking, oh, I've got this straightforward passion of playing the piano or maybe just you know, doing graphic design and how would I go about building a membership site off that? What I want to talk about first, because you're here, because you're doing very well at it, could you tell us and share a vulnerability about a failure that you've had? A failure? Well, I, I see myself as a musician. I identify my identity as a musician. When I was at university, unfortunately, a long time ago there, Rita, or maybe it was last week, who, who knows? <laughs> um, I, I, I fancy myself as being a... a, a as a musician, I fancy myself as being able to, I can play everything. I can play every instrument under the sun, of course, because I am a musician. And so at uni, we had to learn an instrument that was not of our main, it was from a different instrument family of our main instrument. So my main instrument is the saxophone. So I chose bass guitar because I, inside my head, I'm funky and I can play the blues and, you know, I can, I can do, in my head, I'm an awesome bass player. It turns out that actually I'm just a miserable bass player. It was embarrassing how horribly hopeless I was at bass guitar. And my music teacher, actually, when I was at uni, he got a new job at the, when I finished high school, he left high school. He was my music teacher at high school and he got a new job at, at the university. And so he kind of followed me or I followed him or we ended up in the same music classes. And my end of year bass guitar exam, he, um, he said, well, that was embarrassing, wasn't it? And, <laughs> and, and he was right. Yes, it was. It was oh, very embarrassing. Oh. But it didn't deter you at all from... It, well, from bass guitar, yeah, it did. I've tried again many times over the years and, and bass guitar and I just, we don't get on, you don't get which on. is a real shame because I love bass guitar. See, and that's, that's, see, that's really interesting because even though you love it, you still see yourself and you didn't do too well at playing that bass guitar, but you still didn't stop seeing yourself as a muso. Like it, it wasn't like, oh, I can't play a bass. That means, you know, that means I'm an average muso. That means like I'm an amateur muso. I mean, you still see yourself as a muso, even though you didn't do too well at that particular instrument. Exactly. I have my niche uh, and my niche is, turns out, is largely blowing instruments as opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to stringed instruments. Hitting them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So 
So give me the backdrop. Now, you yourself, you're a family man. You're married with three beautiful daughters. Two. Two beautiful daughters. Two, pardon me. Two what? beautiful daughters. Yes. One beautiful wife, two beautiful daughters. Yes. I love that. I like three beautiful women in your life. And so I want to know, you teaching some saxophone online, is that a full-time thing or is that a part-time thing? Or do you do other things on the side to, you know, to have that happen? I have a few irons in the fire, a few fingers in a few pies. Uh, my ultimate goal is to make the online concept music lessons a full-time thing. It is not at the moment as much as I'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do computer bits and pieces. I have private students, you know, one-on-one -on -one students. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that kind of idea. Okay, fantastic. So how long have you had the membership howtoplaythesax.com? How long have you had that for? It has been a serious enterprise for a bit over two years. Okay. I, dab I dabbled sort of for about two years before that, mm -hmm. but it was kind of a, it was, it was messing around. Okay. It was just, yeah. And, and, and so the saxophone is your passion. You want to teach people how to play that. So you choose a membership site. And so could you explain to audience members who have, may not have heard of a membership site, how that actually works with playing an instrument? Yeah, sure. A membership site as a horrifically simplistic definition, think Netflix. It's an ongoing subscription and you as the consumer, you pay X dollars per month uh, and you get access to the suite of whatever the membership site is. Netflix, for example, is a whole heap of movies and TV shows. You can log in anytime and watch your movies and TV shows. With my example, uh, I have saxophone lessons inside there. I have saxophone bits and pieces and cheat sheets and downloads and backing tracks and how-tos and wherefores and, and what-ifs and, and all that kind of thing. Lots of videos, lots of PDFs, uh, lots of text. I have a forum in there. So there's questions and answers sessions. Uh, and so the community talks to each other, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind yeah. of a, so in my example, um, yeah. I'm focused on my niche. Sure. So once somebody, anyone can join at any time your membership. Correct. Okay. And once they join, they get lesson one, lesson two. So it automatically drops into their inbox about what lessons they're receiving each week or each month. Is that how it works? That is one scenario. That is one option. I, I don't do that, but I, many other membership many other membership website owners do do that. Mm -hmm. uh, another option is sort of what you alluded to. Another scenario is that it is drip fed. So yeah. when, if you sign up today and, and mine isn't like this, but I know a lot of membership sites are, you sign up today and today you get access to lesson one and then next week you get access to lesson two. And if somebody else signs up tomorrow, then their day one is tomorrow. Okay. And so it's drift. So it's unique to to the when you sign up with with Netflix and similarly with mine. It's all there. You join up. It's all there available. There is a learning path. And yes, you should in a perfect world. You would start at lesson one and then go to lesson two and then go to lesson three and then wander off for a couple of days because you've got to go to work and you've got to take the kids to school and you've got to go to the supermarket. Ah, I want to come back and play my saxophone. Cool. Then you log back in again and you start at lesson four and five and six and you pick up where you left off. Okay. Or alternatively, you can jump to lesson 130 straight away if you want to and then bounce back to lesson 76. Okay. So it's in my case, as with Netflix, it's all there. 
Ah, but there are but there are many variations yes, on yes, that yes. on that within a membership concept. Okay, so to have a membership site, and I know you're building, which is what's really good about this interview, is that you're building it to get to that level where you can do it full time. What would Correct. that take? I mean, what for someone that's listening, you're on that journey of being in the midst of it, like right in the middle of it. What does it take to build a membership site and to enable you to do it full time? Like. What is the sacrifices that you're making in terms of the time that it takes, in terms of researching platforms and software that you need to have host the membership site, in terms of finding clients to, for students? To, like, what? How much of work is that taking? How much work does that take you? It. Okay. Step one: consistency. There is the that you must have the mindset of consistency. You need to deliver. Uh, not necessarily every day, but consistently. In, in my case, I publish a new, a brand new lesson every week. Uh, and I have not missed a beat for, for a good few, few years now. And I don't intend to miss a beat for uh, uh, many years to come. So the consistency is the important bit. And, you know, similarly with your podcast, you release episodes very regularly mm -hmm. there, Rita. Um, and similarly with Netflix, I, I keep coming back to Netflix because most people know about Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix release new programs every, every now and then. Disney Plus, there's another good example yeah. from an online yeah. TV yeah. You know, space. Disney Plus have just released in Australia, uh, relatively recently anyway, uh, they are making a big production uh, and a big song and dance about one of their particular key contents, which is the Hamilton musical. And if you're into that kind of thing, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and if yeah. you're not, it, it's, it's irrelevant. But the idea is there. The consistency is the important bit. Okay. So, so uploading lessons consistently on a platform. And how long does doing, it take yeah. to actually do like, are you recording a video? Are you writing stuff down for people to like, how long, what's the format and how long does it take you to write your content? Yes, yes, and yes. I am creating a video. Uh, I'm uploading cheat sheets, um, PDF documents. I am writing articles. So from a, from a ballpark in my case, I record a saxophone lesson. I treat the camera, the video camera. It's just my phone. I don't need any fancy, you know, right. you don't need fancy gear. It's just right. my, it's just my phone. Right. Uh, I teach, I treat my phone, the video camera as a student. I pretend that the student is there in front of me and the phone, it just, my student is kind of vaguely horizontally and rectangle rather than humanoid in shape. <laughs> uh, and, and it's that it's that kind of simple. So roughly, it takes me half an hour to film a twenty-minute lesson because I make mistakes and yeah. and you know the the you know the somebody knocks at the door, the phone rings, things are out of my control. So it takes me about half an hour to record a twenty-minute lesson. That twenty-minute lesson, once I've edited that, that takes me about an hour, hour and a half, maybe two, depending on on wow. whether I've had a good a good day or a bad day from a recording yeah. session. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, takes me about another half an hour, roughly, to make the, the, the cheat sheet, another half an hour to write an article. So ballpark figures, it then it takes another couple of hours to upload, blah, 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 blah. Roughly, don't quote me, four, five, six hours a week minimum just for the content. Just for the content. Uh -huh. Now, okay, so when you look at it that way, oh man, that's a lot. That's, you know, if you look at it from a, I'm working full time, I'm working for, just for the sake of the argument, for the listener's perspective, 
you work full time, you're working five days a week. So what does that mean? Uh, when I've just said roughly six hours a week content, that means every night when I get home from work, uh, you know, me, me being the listener, every time when you, the listener gets home from work, there's at least an hour's work that you have to do. Yes. Okay. So there's a mindset thing. So which is comes back to the passion concept, you know, that, that your podcast is all about. Um, how do you find your passion? That's why the passion is the important bit, the key word. Mm-hmm. If it's not a passion, then you're not going to be consistent and you're not going to want to, you've had a bad day at work. You've got to come home and you've got to write an article that's vaguely intelligent and vaguely useful to your <laughs> readership and or your, your customers. Mm-hmm. That's a bit, that can be, you know, that can be sometimes a little bit tricky. Okay. So you don't do it tonight. So you do two hours tomorrow night. Passion, consistency, ongoing is the, is the important bit from a cost perspective. You know, there's, um, again, how long's a piece of string roughly a couple of hundred bucks a year for various uh, website hosting website tools. And I can talk about that if you like, but ballpark a couple of hundred bucks. We'll keep you going. There's cheaper ways to do it. There's time and there's money. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes time is better spent. Sometimes money is better spent. Yeah, yeah. So because you've taken this passion and you've monetized it, is there a point or has there come a point where you think, I just want to do this as a hobby. I actually don't want to make money because making money makes it feel like work. Has, it, has that ever crossed your mind? Yes. Uh particularly in my case, when the kids were little, when my kids were little, I, my, my girls are teenagers now. My, my oldest, she's 19, she's pushing 20. My youngest, she's 16, pushing 17, you know, year 11, uh, university. So when they were little kids, yes, because I wanted to be involved with, you know, uh, you know I want to be involved with dinner time and, and reading bedtime stories and changing nappies and all that kind of thing. As teenagers, I'm now an embarrassing dad, which, um, <laughs> which I, I can use to my advantage. <laughs> uh, and that's okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. And so there's times when I do need to be involved, but the beauty of the membership model is that I don't have to turn up at 9am and I don't have to clock off at 5pm and I don't have to have lunch at between 12.30 and 1.30. I don't have to get on the train to go to work in the city. I don't have to commute. I can do all that when and where it suits me and I can adjust my life around that. Okay. So let me ask you this. You've got a membership site. You've got it up and running. You're teaching students all over the world who want to learn how to play the sax without needing to read music. And I need to ask you about how you're doing that. But the other question I've got is if, are you spending, how much time are you spending marketing? How much time are you spending getting the word out that there is an online program? And I know you said probably five to six hours, conservatively speaking, minimally, that you spend on creating one court, like one lesson. So yep. how much time yep. are you spending in actually promoting and letting people know that there is this pro- program that you have? And therein lies potentially one of the, uh, shall, we, shall we say, keys, one of the tricks, one of the gotcha moments, the, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, what about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, marketing. Um, <laughs> ballpark, in a perfect world, you should be doing double what it takes to yeah. create your content. So suddenly, in my case, um, you know, I'm talking five, six, seven hours a week creating content. In a perfect world, I should be spending at least five, six, seven more hours marketing. 
I try to. Uh, again, there's a balance there. Yeah, you know, true. sometimes there's, you know, sometimes there's, it's, you can do more and sometimes you can kill a few birds with one stone and sometimes you can't. Mm. Uh, but marketing, yes, is an unfortunate reality build it and they may not necessarily come yeah well unless you tell them yes well 100 yeah. i can remind them to come because the, there's so much distraction how, yes. how like, what kind of marketing are you deploying like what kind of how are you getting the word out well the consistency with blog articles google loves blogs Okay. Uh, and I make no claim to being a google expert far from it but <laughs> google does love Google loves keywords, Google loves blogs, Google loves text. Mm -hmm. So there's step one, Google's important. You need to be able to do some simple, and it's not difficult, it's not rocket science, um, SEO, search engine optimization. Uh, suddenly, oh, and, and a lot of people get worried about that. Um, oh, I, I'm not a computer person kind of idea. It's very easy. You just got to, in my case, I use saxophone lessons or how to play the saxophone as my keywords. Okay. Uh, if for the sake of the argument, you are a cook and you make, my wife makes awesome lasagna. She, her, her lasagna is fame far and wide. And even if I don't do say so myself, I make good fried rice. I'm a, I make good fried rice. So in that case, you know, I would, for the sake of the argument, I would say Melbourne's best lasagna. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Matthew's fried rice, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, lawn mowing. I, again, I'm just making yeah. up yeah. some, some examples yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, insert suburb name here, lawn mower. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm in Melbourne, you know, Melbourne lawn mowing, mm -hmm. Sydney mm -hmm. lawn mowing, New York lawn mowing. You know, maybe there's not a lot of lawns to be mowed in New York, but again, the <laughs> idea is there. Yeah. You, know, you, know what I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. Probably there's not a lawn in my New York. Probably not. No, pro concrete probably jungle. not. That's where the song goes. Talisha Keith, there's concrete jungles. But that, exactly. Yeah. So that's great. That's that's really helpful to know that you do blogging. And that's obviously your skill yeah. set. Is writing a skill set that you're more Yeah, it is. I'm fortunate in that regard. Yeah, yes. That's right. And that's really great self-awareness because you're not trying to do something like, I don't know, like I don't know, like maybe Facebook. Maybe you are. Have you done Facebook ads or anything like that? I have dabbled with Facebook ads. I found, and please, this is me. I know many people who are very successful with Facebook ads. Me, I tried and I put 50 bucks into Facebook and poof, it was gone. Yes. And oh, where, where'd my $50 go? Um, okay. Oh, all right. So I need to learn about Facebook ads. So I learned a bit more and I did it again. 50 bucks, poof, gone. Uh, um, so suddenly uh, for me, hmm. Facebook ads, hasn't worked, but I know many people that it works very well. So I need personally need to learn more about Facebook ads, but Facebook itself, consistency, as I was talking about before, you know, you can hook your blog up very easily. When you press publish on a blog article, it publishes to Facebook. And when it publishes to Facebook, you can, there's a few settings in Facebook or on your blog that also publishes it to Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or, 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 or so, there are automated ways to spread your content very easily for free mm -hmm. that, that take 30 seconds to set up. So from a marketing perspective, it's, it's snowballing. How can you do one thing once and spread it? 
And there is one of the keys with marketing because for the sake of the argument, Rita, and I'm just, again, I'm using this as an example. You might love Facebook. Personally, I might love YouTube and, or either or vice versa. It doesn't matter. I'm using this as an example. Mm -hmm. Um, Or somebody else might like, might love Twitter. You on Facebook, Rita, won't find me on YouTube because you don't go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. And me on YouTube, I won't find you on Facebook because I don't go to Facebook and somebody else on Twitter, they'll find neither of us because they're on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know? So how can you be, then it gets complicated because, well, how do you, how, how on earth am I going to be in t- 10 places at once? <laughs> and so then it becomes a little bit, well, where's my niche? Where is my audience? Mm-hmm. What's easier for me? How do I focus on my audience right now? in this one little area and then I can expand on that as time goes on. And today I'm doing YouTube. Tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, once I've got the YouTube thing sussed, then I'll work on Facebook. And once I've got the Facebook thing sussed, then I'll work on Twitter or 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 whatever's good for you. Yeah. 100%. Is that? Yeah. So there's so so the marketing, yes, you should be yeah. doing double the content creation, but the reality is you can make it easy for yourself with a little bit of automation. Did you get any um, training? Like, did you go out and seek any training? Or is it just you learning as you're going for the marketing piece? Because I know you're an expert at saxophone, but with the marketing piece, because it's such an important piece, are you learning as you're going or have you had training like to just get to know the bearings of it? Uh, I have been a little of column A and a little of column B. Uh, I've been teaching myself, but like I was saying before, there's time and there's money and sometimes it's better to spend time and sometimes it's better to spend money. Uh, You know, all of us start with zero and all of us have to either pay the rent or the mortgage and all of us have to buy the food. So sometimes the budget does not allow for our training courses. Yes. Uh, So YouTube is a wonderful resource. Um, Podcasts are another wonderful resource. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you want to spend only a little bit of money, there's some great training websites from a membership perspective that, if you like, I can mention those. Yeah, names. Sure, you, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. There is one called Membership Academy. Sometimes they're called Member Site Academy. Right. They are, they are a .com. They're a, um, they're a, a husband and wife team based in the UK somewhere. Right. Um, it doesn't matter. It's on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Member Site Academy or Membership Academy. They, they have both names. They have a membership site. Um, and inside there, there's a whole heap of courses that okay. you can, or about all things membership. There's another one called Flipped Lifestyle. Flipped as in upside down, F L I P E D, flippedlifestyle.com. They are also, coincidentally, a husband and wife team. They're based in America. So we've got some, so for you and I as being Australians, there's yeah. weird accents happening, the, the, <laughs> the British accent and the, um, and the Southern American accent. But the point is, yeah. for, for uh, fairly minimal in the global scheme of things, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks a month then you've got access to hundreds and hundreds of really useful training courses. Okay. And those are two examples. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for those two resources. No, that's great for listeners who are looking to start up memberships like, and who maybe just want to get to know more about how it actually works. So yeah, they both have podcasts as well, which oh, are free. Okay. Okay. So yeah, listen to the podcast. And if you like the podcast, maybe it might be worth signing up for a month. And if you like it after a month, stay for a couple of months. Or a year. Again, use your budget to, yeah, to suit, suit you. 
So you are how to play the sax. You are the owner of that. You teach people how to play the saxophone, beginners, and you live and you have them play the sax without reading music quickly and easily. Like I'm really interested in that. I've always been very intimidated by reading music. In music class in high school, I was like, I don't know how to read that stuff. I don't want to learn how to play music because I was just going, I don't want, I don't know how to read music. But your teacher, how do you teach someone to play an instrument without needing to read music? It's you're exactly right. A lot of people do feel the same way, myself included. I, I, I don't actually like reading music just because I can doesn't mean I want to. Um, but that but that's okay. So how do I how do I do it? It's largely by ear. If you can sing it in your head, you can play it on your fingers and in your mouth with your saxophone or with your guitar or with your trumpet or with you know whatever insert musical instrument here. If you can hear it in your head, you can play it. I have cheat sheets which have letter notes so the actual text letter a the text letter b the text letter c so the combination of hearing it in your head and the cheat sheets with the actual letters make it relatively simple oh okay now that's really interesting. it's interesting can you say by the ear because i was reading a book by a neurosurgeon called the brain that changes itself and one of the things he says is that the reason why people sing bad and he was just making an example of people who have had stroke or had some brain injury. And the reason why, it's not because they can't speak properly or sing when they want to sing and hold a note. It's not that they've got a bad voice, but because their hearing has been affected. And so singing, like you're saying, an instrument is not based on really on the reading or what the instrument is, but it's on the ears and how well you can hear the notes and how well you can actually say that in your, sing it in your head, that creates yes. sound that you want. That's, that's, incredible that's really well that just gives me relief to know that i could play an instrument without having to spend years and years <laughs> trying to read music i mean that's really intimidating yeah exactly exactly and you know i i think i'm using i'm, I'm using my saxophone and my saxophone lessons as an example but there are there are many other examples uh i don't think each person takes their passion and does what they want with it. Mm. Now, in the, in the concept, in the context of, again, the Unbox Your Gift podcast, reader, and again, please stop me if I've, got, if I've got this wrong, the ultimate goal probably with your podcast listeners mm. is to take the passion and then make some money out of it and either retire on an island somewhere and sit on a, a coconut tree and drink pina coladas or keep doing what they love for the rest of their lives. And there's probably a fine line between there. Mm -hmm. Just because you have a passion may or may not mean that you want to make a gazillion dollars. That's right. That's right. And so passion is, is a relative term and financial security is a relative term and income needs is a relative term. Mm -hmm. It's the same with using your passion. In my case, saxophone. I, yeah, sure, it'd be great to grow up to be a rock star and make a million dollars and tour all over the world, every ten, make a million dollars every 10 minutes. But in the same breath, a lot of people, I, I've been fortunate to do a bit of touring and I've been fortunate to do that and I've ticked a lot of goals and, and I've still got more goals. But a lot of people, they just want to sit in their bedrooms or their lounge rooms and hack out and honk out their favourite song. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with either or scenario. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so that's the beauty of the membership site is teaching your audience your passion and then your audience can do with it what they like almost and you can guide them 
Yeah. But and, and there's the beauty of it. And in my case, I get a lot of joy of hearing that somebody's this granddad that I've been that's mm-hmm. been hanging around my website has played happy birthday to his four year old granddaughter wow. for their for their birthday. You know, here's mm-hmm. some seventy something year old guy who's never yeah. played an instrument before, honking out happy birthday for his granddaughter. Beautiful. Awesome! How, yeah. how cool is that? That is fantastic. Yeah. Is happy birthday going to make him a rock star? Mm. No. But in his granddaughter's mind, yes, yeah. well and truly. 100%. How cool is that? That's I just fantastic. It's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And yes, like you say, the, the, the purpose of the podcast is to teach people how to find their passion, but turn that into a profession. And the profession could be making money or could just be doing full time. Like a lot of the times people do something as a passion, but they do to generate income, they do something else to that income, enabling them to do this passion, whatever that is. And that yes. is... There's two ways of doing it, either making money from the passion or just living the passion, but making money another way so that to sustain and, you know, sustain a lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Coming back to yourself and coming back to what you're doing. And I know you said other than having a membership site, you are doing other things. And you said before the the press record on this interview that you did a theatre. Is it a theatre gig last night? And you've got another one happening tonight. Tell me about the theatre. Tell me how you got into theatre. Tell me how someone who's listening could possibly get into theatre and do what you do, doing these small gigs? I have played saxophone since I was, I played musical instruments since I was a little kid in primary school. Um, Is that because you wanted or your parents wanted you to have it? I come from a musical family. My father played jazz piano, you know, when life was in black and white in the 1950s. Um, And he met my mother he was a pianist on a ship that went from Sydney to Melbourne to Auckland in New Zealand wow. to Athens in Greece. And yeah. so my mum, my dad got on the boat in Melbourne. My mum got on the boat in Auckland and they had, uh, I don't want to know, but somehow or other they ended up, they ended up getting married. Um, and they had a tour from, and my dad's band toured from Athens across Europe to London where they stayed for a couple of years. So I come from a musical family. Uh, so when I was little, yes, I was pushed into it and I had keyboard lessons, but, and my, my, hands horizontally on the keyboard they didn't quite work as well as I wanted them to even as a little kid but then when I put my hands vertically on a on a blowing instrument that's when it kind of all started work I still play keyboards now in bands and things but but so I, I, I play a few instruments so how do you get into it I've so I've played forever that's that's a start it's been my passion forever mm-hmm. uh, I have taken my passion and joined in with like-minded people I, I hang out with musicians because I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. As a result, I have friends who play guitar and guitarists tend to know bass players and bass players tend to know drummers, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, getting into the theatre, I actually um, uh, followed, uh, hung on to the coattails of my vastly more talented daughters. Uh, they, at their school, had an amazing drama teacher who had a little side thing um he had his own little theater thing on the side and at the my kids school they had a parent drama thing uh where the 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 students parents could be involved and so i joined in that and then my my kids uh, my kids drama teacher he hadn't worked out that i was her father and he hadn't worked out that she had a sister and i was her father too 
Oh. Uh, as, uh, they, so we were three individuals. He hadn't quite, because, oh, you know, there's hundreds yeah. and hundreds of kids. And so he asked my oldest daughter to come and do a, a theatre thing on the side. And then a year or so later, he asked my other daughter to come and do a, the theatre thing on the side in his little private group and then he asked me to come and be involved and then we when we all turned up together ah you're ah right <laughs> and so because of that yeah. you know he these this theater thing on the side we have been fortunate to we went on a family tour all across germany and the uk um, and um yeah as we're england and wales so wow. we it was, it was amazing absolutely amazing mm -hmm. Rita. And so sharing a stage with my oh. daughters I was at the back and I was, a, you know, I, I was honking on my saxophone and, and I played a tree. I was a tree, right? Or live <laughs> on stage. I love it. <laughs> no, no, my kids had the, um, my, my daughters had the lead roles, you know, but I was a tree in the background. Um, and this is an all ages thing. My, the kids were 15, 16, 17, and there was adults. So it wasn't, it's not just a kiddies yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and then same again, two years ago, my youngest and I, we went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, again with this musical theatre group. They're called New Works Theatre. They're, they're very good. We went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So daddy, daughter, we were, my daughter was, she turned 15 while we were over there. Um, she was the youngest by about seven or eight years in the group. Wow. So uh, amazing experience for me and her together but also as the group. And we won the Best Overseas Show Award at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, wow. performing every day, twice a day for, for a month. Incredible oh, stuff. Oh, Amazing. Wow. Amazing. So if for someone who's listening and thinking, you know, I'd love to get into theatre, you know, I'm not at school anymore, but so you, you would, would you recommend to go and join a theatre group, like on meetup.com, like just to find one and just be a part of it and see where that leads? Yes, local theatre is an, is amazing. Local theatre is, uh, and you know, you do a Google search for your suburb theatre. Yeah, okay. Uh, Mel uh, or even bigger picture, Melbourne theatre, Adelaide theatre, Sydney theatre, London theatre, wherever you happen to live. Um, you'll find your little local theatre. Your little local theatre will need actors, they will need stage hands, they will need people to work behind the counter, they will need lighting technicians, they will need costume designers, they will need musicians of all shapes and sizes and kinds, and they will need people to sweep the floors and create the sets. And 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 so suddenly there's this community of, of creative people, irrespective of what your little skill happens to be, mm. amazing stuff. And then it grows. And then most theatres have various, you know, they've got the A team and the B team and the C team and... and and so on and so on. It's really cool. Local theatre is, is amazing. You just inspired me, Matt, because I've always wanted to go and join a local theatre and you've just reminded, sparked that that interest and ignited that in me again. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to go, in, like, local theatre, I've got to look it up after this interview. <laughs> I'm going to do yeah. that. <laughs> and, and again, maybe just, just uh, as an aside, the good thing about local theatre is most theatres put on a show and you rehearse for a month or two or three, and then you do your gigs, three, four, five, six gigs, and then it's finished, poof, yeah. gone. And so if you liked it for those, it's a, it's a very minimal commitment. You do your commitment for a couple of months, yeah. and then you don't have to do it again. Or there might be another show next month. Do you want to be involved in that? Oh, yes, please, or no, thank you. It's okay. awesome. It's a finite thing. It's really cool. 
love it. And is that is the local theatre? So once you get into these theatre and you've been travelling the world in that theatre in the Edinburgh, was those paid engagements? So I'm asking for people who are listening because I'm looking at how else are you supplementing your work being and teaching online saxophone? How else are you supplementing your work so that other people can look in that and think, well, I could supplement my income maybe doing something that you do or something else that they. So I'm just trying to ignite ideas in in, in what people. Could yeah. Do. Sure. The, how do I answer that? The, the, un, unfortunately, from a music perspective, um, and that doesn't mean saxophone, in my case, for example, music in general is deemed, uh, I, I don't know why, but it, it can be seen as a, uh, an afterthought. Yeah. It can be seen as, well, you know, if you come and play at my thing um, for free, then you'll get great exposure. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. you kind of go, well, yeah, do you say that to the plumber who yeah. you need to come yeah. and fix yeah. your sink? Or do you yeah. say that to the builder who needs to come and fix mm -hmm. the roof when it's leaking? Mm -hmm. No, you don't. But that ha happens a lot with musicians. Yeah. So hence, musicians need to have their fingers in a lot of pies. Mm -hmm. Live performances, some of them are paid in some of them are not mm. uh, the the tour that we went on to to uh, overseas both times were user funded however we sold tickets and the deal with our venues was that the venues would sell the tickets and the venues could keep half of the ticket uh -huh. the ticket sales the other half would be donated to their charity of choice oh and so so we we chose as cast members here in Melbourne to do this effectively a charity thing yeah. um, because we didn't get paid for it. And in fact, we had to pay for our own plane tickets. Right. But at the other end, we left a string of charity donations yes. everywhere we went. And yeah. again, so, you know, that was, that was kind of, that was nice. Yeah. So in my case, I use private, private music lesson students. I have my website. The, and the scalability, the beauty of the website is that it is scalable. You, know, you start off with one student, but if one student per month is paying you 10 bucks or 50 bucks or 100 bucks or 1,000 bucks or whatever, that's nice. But then you want two students and then for the same amount of work, you get 20 bucks or $200 or $2,000 or whatever your price point is. Then you get five students and then you got 50 bucks or $5,000 or and so it's ex exponential. Yeah. And that's why Netflix are the behemoth that they are. That's why Apple and the iPhone are the behemoth that they are. Um, that's why Telstra in Australia, the telephone company, are the behemoth they are because they're all on subscription models. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. That is the beauty of of the membership subscription model. So it, it's ex exponential. You start off and actually, no, your first client is not going to make you rich. Your second client is not going to make you rich. Your third client, oh, it might be some beer money or some ice cream money or some grocery money. Yeah. Your fifth client, yep, I can put petrol in my car. Yes, yes. Your thousandth, thousandth, that's hard to say, thousandth client, that's where the mortgage starts to get paid. Yeah. No, that's very, very, very important information, Matt, because it's the truth of the matter. It's the absolute truth of the matter. And when you go onto online, on the world of online marketing, what I find is that a lot of people come up and say, you can make $100,000 in the next three months. You can make by doing X or doing, and that's just, there's so much of that online 
that it just people get, get sucked into the three months and $100,000, wow. But nobody tells you the amount of work and effort that that person had to do years before to get to a level of skill set to enable them to make yeah. $100,000 in three months. You know what I mean? Yes. And the consistency and the efforts, ongoing effort. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. So, so membership maths is actually quite quite interesting. You use the figure $100,000 mm-hmm. for the sake of the argument in, in Australia and, and, and most countries in, in the world. Um, I, I think, uh, disagree with me, Rita, but, 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 but I think 100 grand is a nice number to have. Yes. We'd all like more. We could all survive on less, significantly less. Yes. We would all love significantly more, but 100 grand. So let's put that into membership maths. If you have a membership model, a membership website, a membership mm-hmm. subscription business, Membership maths, that means you only need one client who's going to pay you 100 grand. Is that possible in your scenario, in your case? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You know, whether you're a chef or whether you're a lawnmower or whether you are a saxophone teacher or, 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 or you are a corporate trainer or whatever. 100 grand, maybe that's possible. Cool. You need one client, done. Okay, maybe, maybe that is not possible in your niche. So your niche can you get two clients at 50 grand? Can you get 100 clients at $1,000? Mm-hmm. Can you get 200 clients at $500? Mm-hmm. Can you get 1,000 clients at, uh, at $10? Mm-hmm. You know? Can you get 1,000 clients at $10 a month? Oh, now we're talking. 1,000 clients at $10 a month. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not unrealistic. Um, my next door neighbor, he is a bass player. He, he loves, he plays his bass. He is an older gentleman. He, uh, don't quote me, he's in his 70s. He plays in a couple of bands, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really matter. But what, he, what does matter, he subscribes to a bass lessons, bass guitar lessons website. Mm-hmm. He pays this bass guitar lessons website, I think, don't quote me, $20 a month. I did some research. There are hundreds of thousands of people around the world playing all playing bass just like my next door neighbor who all pay 20 bucks a month this bass playing website the research that they did they make a million dollars a month just by people like my next door neighbor a million dollars a month very that good to me that to me is a lot of money yeah. now <laughs> Don't know about you, but um, I mean, you can't live on that. But it's a good start. <laughs> that's that's exactly that's a, that's a lot of pina coladas under a coconut tree on a desert island somewhere. But the point is, the point is, the scalability of yeah. the internet and the membership model is amazing. Yeah. Do the work once, sell it many, many times on an ongoing basis. You don't have to. It's not feast or famine. It's snowballing. It's yeah. exponential. Which and it doesn't have to be music lessons. Yeah, no, no, 100%. And I, and I love your membership model, which brings me to the question, Matt, have, do you get a lot of people, like the Netflix, when you sign on to Netflix, you can go on, see what movie or whatever series you want to watch, and then you can stop unsubscribe. How, like, to what extent do people tune in and then unsubscribe? And then do you do anything to get people, just to get them re-engaged? Because maybe they just forgot about the lessons and they're not doing the lessons. They're like, oh, well, I'm not going to do, do you know what I mean? Like, how do you yep. get people re-engaged so that they stay month after month? Because like the guy who does the, ba- the base, who's subscribed mm. to the base, obviously they're doing something to engage people, re-engage month after month after month. I mean, do you feel like you need yep. to do something like that? Yes. Uh, another example is a friend of mine. She is a, a, a member of a, a, a bread baking um, membership website. I can't remember what it's me. called, but... 
sorry bread, bread baking membership yeah 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 making wow. making bread um wow. so this person i have a fear I, I don't know but it doesn't matter i think the the bread maker who runs their website is american but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter there's somebody who's set up a membership website teaching people how to bake bread so there are three components and so this friend of mine who subscribes to this bread making website mm -hmm. uh she makes bread and so there's three main components if you are looking at a, a and really this isn't necessarily i think from a from a um from an on from a, a membership site website mm -hmm. it's not really a membership uh unique to membership websites it's business i think the, the big picture business there are yeah. three the way i say it there are three main components one is content you have to sell something whether your something is digital or virtual like a saxophone lesson or like uh it, it's a service like corporate training or it is a service like lawn mowing or it is a, a a physical thing like like pens or a widget or a microphone or a or a, a thing that you sell okay there's the content there's the the thing that you are selling then there is the 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 marketing and we talked about we talked about that before we talked about the content creation yep, yep. whether that's a physical thing or a digital thing doesn't yep. matter it's it's a thing you have to create yep. then we talked about marketing just before mm -hmm. excellent both of those are ongoing yep. the third component and again it's not unique to to internet it's not unique to internet businesses it's not unique to membership websites it is business is retention mm -hmm. you want your customers to come back yeah. and buy from you again mm -hmm. whether they buy another thing you sold them a shirt you want them to come back and buy another shirt whether you sold them a service you want them to buy your service again whether you sold them a thing an idea a passion in my case a saxophone lesson most people buy one saxophone lessons because they want to rather than because they need to yeah. So we, we're talking about the retention here. Mm -hmm. You need to be consistent. You need to give your customers, your client base, what they want. You need to attract the right customer, which in turn makes it easier to give them what they want. So, for example, my unique niche is rock, soul, funk, blues, saxophone. Mm -hmm. There are other music is a relative term, just like business is a relative mm -hmm. term. Mm -hmm. There is jazz music. There is classical music. There is this music. There is that music. I focus on my little niche and yeah. my recommendation to your listeners is they should focus on their little niche, okay. their, their unique thing. The bread making example, my friend, the bread baker, bread is baking bread is a fairly, fairly small niche in itself. But in amongst that, there are other little components of bread making. And again, I'm not a bread baker. I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't call myself a fancy cook. I can do fried rice and that's kind of about it. But there's sourdough bread and there's flat bread and there's fluffy bread and there's white bread and there's brown bread. So you poll your customers from a retention perspective. What do you, as the bread maker, what do you want? I want to make sourdough bread. Excellent. Here's a few sourdough bread recipes. What do you want now? Oh, I want to make brown bread. Excellent. Let's make brown bread. And here's a recipe with brown bread with, with, with nuts and seeds in it. Mm -hmm. Same deal for me with my saxophone. What songs would you like to learn, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss customer, yeah. Miss client? And so if a couple of people say, I want to learn this song. Mm -hmm. Excellent. 
give them what they want within your niche. I'm not going to, because I'm, again, I'm using my, my thing as an example. I'm not going to, if my niche is rock and funk and blues and soul, they're kind of you know, drums and, and band kind of ideas. That's my niche. I'm not going to go out and, and teach Vivaldi or Beethoven or Bach. Yes. I'm not yes. going to go out and teach really yes. um, some jazz uh, because that, somebody else is better at that than I am. Mm. And that's not a bad thing. Being all things to all, wanting to be all things to all clients is not going to help your business. Mm-hmm. If you have your little thing right now today, uh, whether our listeners, our listeners probably can't see us, they're Rita, but I'm wearing a black shirt. You are wearing a pink shirt yeah. it, 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 right now, this second people may or may not be interested in black shirts. People may or may not be interested in pink shirts, yeah. but right now today, chances are high using the pink shirt and the black shirt analogy, you are going to attract more people with pink who want and are interested in pink shirts. And because I'm wearing a black shirt and I like black shirts, I'm not really going to be interested in your little thing and vice versa because you don't like black shirts. Mm -hmm. You're going to not really be interested in my thing. So we have sorted out. Yeah. We've, we've filtered our customers straight Mm -hmm. away. Good. Love it. Love it. And so that makes, that makes retention so much easier. Okay. Your customers are the right fit for your thing at that moment in time. And then that gives you the opportunity to engage with them. What do they want? Here is more of what you would like. Okay. I love it. I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Retention. Content, marketing, and retention. Yes. Primary importance for anything that you want to turn into a profession, but specifically also for membership sites, because that's the recurring thing. I mean, if you look at Netflix, yeah. like you were saying, they're constantly bringing new movies, they're constantly bringing new series, they're constantly from international to, you know, to all these different genres to get that retention, to just spice it up, to constantly spice it up, spice it up. Um, I'd love to know, I'd love to know, Matt, as we just kind of wrap up, You've got, I know you, you do a lot in terms of your, your muso, you do theatre, you, you teach people how to play the saxophone without needing to read music, and I love that part. But you've also been very kind, and you mentioned to me before we pressed record today that you've got a special offer just for listeners of the Unbox to Give podcast. Could you please tell us a bit about that? I do. Yeah, sure. My website is howtoplaythesax.com. Um, that's self-explanatory. What I've done for you and your listeners, Rita, is I have made a 10% off membership concept for your listeners um, and your readers. Howtoplaythesax.com forward slash unbox your gift. Fantastic. If you go to that, that, that webpage, howtoplaythesax.com forward slash unbox your gift, all one word, then there's some, if you want 10% off the, um, the, the membership concept that I offer for your saxophone lessons, then please come on in, the water's fine. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for doing that. And I didn't even know you were going to make a special offer to our audience, but I really do appreciate you taking that initiative and keeping us in mind in doing so. And so my final question, Matt, my final question for anyone who's looking to go turn their passion into a profession and take on the membership model, is there any cautionary things or anything that you would say to just keep this in check or watch out for this or any final words of wisdom that you would tell someone looking to start up a membership site? 
Yes, there are chances are exceptionally low. It's a bit like winning the lotto. You know, you might fluke it and you yes. might have a million million customers uh, straight out of the, straight out of the gate and life will be rosy. Chances are low that's going to happen. Chances are very very high it will involve like we were talking about before consistency of content creation it will take consistency of marketing it will take consistency of retention concepts so the 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 technology is easy uh you can outsource that the content creation can be easy especially if you are passionate about your subject you can also outsource that you can get help with that um the retention concept is relatively easy you need to keep your, keep your customers happy uh that's with all businesses so yeah. as yeah. long as you go in thinking there's a, there's a lot of people that say on the internet yeah make a gazillion dollars overnight it'll be easy it's not it's like all businesses it will take time it will take effort it will take consistency be aware of that yeah yeah big be aware and can i just ask what platform do you use to house your membership site i use wordpress wordpress oh. is um is a is a a, a relatively well-known um website creation tool mm -hmm. uh, you need as well as that it is as a tool you also need hosting hosting is like the your website is the house. Your hosting is the land that your house is on. Oh, great analogy. Uh, so you need, you need, and your domain name is your address. Mm -hmm. uh, www. In my case, how to play the sax. In your case, unboxyourgift.com, yep. uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That is your address. Your house is your website. Your 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 land is your real. Your land is the hosting. You need hosting. You need. A tool to create a website. I use WordPress and a few other bits and pieces. There are many others, but you don't need them. WordPress is free. Uh, hosting can cost you anywhere between five dollars a month and five thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you get what you pay for, and yeah. if you're just starting out, you only need five bucks a month. Yeah. Um, there's a few other bells and whistles that you can buy as you go, uh, but you don't need those. You can start for five bucks a month and some time. Okay, I love that. Thank you very, very much. Matt, thank you so much for being so transparent and sharing your journey of how you've taken your love and enthusiasm for the saxophone and turned that into profession and are continuing to do so and just being, being very open and honest about what that journey looks like. So thank you for being here. No, thank you, Rita. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you guys for listening and being part of the Unbox Your Gear podcast. We will catch you on the very next episode. Thank you and God bless.